Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another amazing episode of If You Give a Data Podcast. So this week I have with me somebody who's a little different than anything I've had on here before. It is a man who is into the digital media side of things, and to be more specific, he is into digital marketing. Um, He talks to us and brings some great information today, and I think that you guys are really going to enjoy hearing this episode. And the man that I'm speaking of is Wayne Ledoux. He is actually the founder and CEO of Mayhem Digital Media. He kind of talks about his business and, you know, get in, gets into some other subjects as well. We kind of get to know him a little better in this episode. Um, I hope that my listeners enjoy this episode and I hope that they um, get something out of it. And for those of you who are here just to listen to the Wayne Ledoux episode, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear. And I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes we have here as well. So, if you're as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey dad. So where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch me face. I wasn't about to call you dad, so... (laughs) Seriously? I felt like I was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like, it triggers certain people. Yeah. Wow. I was actually lost as an independent, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. (laughs) I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro. Get punched in the face on the daily... Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off? (laughs) What? Man, this guy won't shut up. All right, everybody. So today I have with me a guy that um, was actually brought to me by a guest that I had a few months ago. If you remember, I had on Philip Douthat. He was the men's marriage mentor. And uh, he brought this guy to my attention. And uh, I I think he's going to be a great guest to have on today. He is a veteran. And he is also the owner and CEO of Mayhem Digital Media. Um, his name is Wayne Ledoux. Man, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. How's your day? Going pretty good. I, uh, you know, Thanks. just been chilling today, really trying to get ready for the episode and everything. Thanks, Jared. I, I really, really appreciate you having me on. It's an honor to be here. And, um, I thank you. I thank you for your time and uh, would love to impart any wisdom that I can during our time together. I, I, I appreciate you coming on. So I think we'll just jump kind of right into this and everything, because I've kind of told my audience over the last few weeks that I was going to be having you on and everything. So they're kind of uh, prepared for you to be here and everything. So I'm just going to jump right into this. Um, uh, sure. What made you decide to get into the digital marketing world? Honestly, um, it, it, everything happened in my life by happy accident, for lack of a better term. Um, long story short is that um, Mayhem Digital Media itself was born from uh, from a previous entity that I called Ladue Enterprises. Uh, and mm-hmm. Ladue Enterprises was born out of the fact that, um, bottom line, is that I have a problem with authority that I didn't identify for, until I was 30 years old. Okay. Um <laughs> so uh c- coming up I, I didn't grow up with with a in a very fortunate situation so my options coming out of high school were either join the military or go to go get a trade mm-hmm. and um i chose to join the air force and i used to fix f-16s and um i traveled around a little bit and um i ended up coming back to california in 2006 and um I said I, I knew that I could get a job at Lockheed or Boeing fixing an aircraft on the civilian side and making six figures. That was always kind of the plan. Oh wow. Yeah. Um yeah. But well, little did I know that by the time that I had enough schooling to get into that position, we were in 2008 crisis and 2009 and all that stuff. Right. Um so I actually ended up going to school. I I asked the 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 um what's her name? The the lady at the college that you tell what you want to do that you declare your major with. Okay. I, I told her, I said, how do I make six figures? And she said, you need to be an accountant. And I laughed at her. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, well, that's not happening. What's next? And I said, okay, well, you need to be in marketing. And I said, okay, cool. Let's go ahead and give that a shot. Um, my wife and I actually ended up moving to San Diego in 09. And I actually got a job at a Inc. 5000 company uh, doing real estate marketing. 
Oh, okay. Um, for the first days of that job, I used to come home to my wife and I used to tell her, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. Mm-hmm. But something clicked about 90 days in and I became one of the top producers at that company and I worked there for six years. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> um, in, in my mind, um, if a kid that had never sold anything can produce a six-figure income and and really, you know, raise himself and his family uh, above and beyond where they were before previous to that. That's a really, really powerful thing. Um, but uh, have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Uh, I'm vaguely familiar with it. Okay. So you got to be able to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And then once you be able to take care of others, then you can start worrying about your neighborhood and the the ecosystem and then, you know, all, all that stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole hierarchy behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know while I was working for, with, with, for these big companies is that I was building somebody else's dream. And what ended up happening was I would learn the skill at a particular job and then I would become the top representative of the company. And then something would happen within the hierarchy of the company where it would make me mad. And I would go to another job and the same thing would happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. Finally, I got into a position where um, we had we had turned a ten thousand dollar marketing budget into one hundred and seventy six thousand dollars in sales in in a, in a sixty day period. Oh wow! Yeah. So, long story short, um, I left that the particular company that I referenced before mm-hmm. ended up in the solar industry, and the solar industry really didn't know what they were doing at the time. This was two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. And so that company, we were able to take uh, a budget of $10,000 spent on Facebook and Instagram ads and then turned it into $176,000 in solar sales just by funneling all of that traffic through a Facebook ad into a landing page and then uh, putting together a solid sales process on the back end. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, so we, wow. were, we were we were really happy with that. Um, and so I came to the owner of the company and I said, hey, um, nobody in solar is really doing this. But this was already a well-established principle in other markets. Real estate agents do this. Insurance agents do this. Business to business loans do the same thing. It's just at the time, solar hadn't caught up to the fact that that's what was going on. Right. And so we started selling it to other solar companies, but about six months into that process, um, I had actually kind of built a company within a company. Mm -hmm. They chose to take away everybody in that company's medical, dental, 401k, and our guaranteed salaries and tried to make us work on a draw. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So um, me being who I am and again, with the problem with authority thing coming in, not realizing that I had it at the time, Uh um, I gave my boss the middle finger award. Um, I quit my job. I went home to my wife. I told her that I quit my job and I was going to start my own company. Her exact words, and I'm not paraphrasing, were Wayne, you better know what the fuck you're doing. (laughs) 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 Um, I spent the next six months cold calling every solar company that was on Google mm-hmm. asking them th- if they wanted leads. Now, wow. like I said, I, I used to try to, I, I wanted to end up fixing airplanes. So the fact that I was even in this position, starting a company in marketing in the solar industry was just beyond me in the first place. That, that takes a lifetime just in and of itself. But once that happens and you start to make that shift, here's where that divine intervention happens. About six months in, we were doing about 10 grand a month. My wife was starting to help with the business quite a bit. And I looked at her and I said, hey, um, we can't really we can't really grow past this point and have me continue to, to cold call. And so we we stayed up all up all night and we created what I called Operation No More Cold Calls. All right. <laughs> it's still on my whiteboard right up top above my desk. I still have <laughs> it just to remind me where I came from. And. Facebook being the stalker that it is, we've been, we've all been giving our data away for over a decade. Just nobody realized it until recently. Yeah. It shows me an ad two days later after, after we create Operation No More Cold Calls. And it says, are you a new business owner? Are you struggling to keep up with the constant flow of work as well as grow your business? And da, 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 da. And it told this whole story. And I, I just looked at my looked at my wife and I said, holy shit, this is me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I scheduled a, I scheduled a call with one of her sales reps, and the the funny part about it is is that the guy told me he's like, no, you're not ready to join our program yet. And I I 
I was like, what do you mean? I've been in the business six years, seven years at this point. Like I've started, I started the business from scratch. I'm, I'm ready to take that next step. Right. So let this be a lesson to everybody. If you think that like getting like, um, like that you don't have enough exposure, add a little bit of exclusivity to everything that you do, because it makes people want what you have more. Right. Um, so he, but what he did offer me was like an intro to how they work. And so I took that and then graduated from that thing and then immediately bought their $3,000 program. Oh, wow. I, that, that's the best $3,000 I've ever spent in my life. Yeah. I, it's, it's six years later. I never worry about where my next lead or appointment is coming from. Mm-hmm. I always know how to find a client. I can, I can literally make the phone ring by turning, turning something on or turning something off. And it's changed the way that I run my business. Wow. And, you know, and even having that kind of uh, security and everything, I, I'm sure that uh, means a lot, especially after having the uh, uh, operation, no more cold calls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the, the funny thing about this, I was actually just having a conversation with one of the prospects that came through our pipeline earlier today mm-hmm. um, is that the same thing that works for, a real estate agent works for a solar company and the same thing that works for a solar company works for an agency. And the same thing that works for an agency works for a coach. Okay. As far as system and technology wise, Mm -hmm. what changes is three things. The number one is the audience, like who you speak to. Right. Okay. Number two is the, the, uh, the messaging, like how you speak to them. Yeah. And number three is the offer, right? Okay. What you offer the, and, and really all the offer is, is, it's how big of a problem you solve and how you help people solve the problem and how you meet them where they're at. That's right. all it really is. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. why Phil does so well. Right. I mean, uh, you uh, are the one who uh, did, you've done most of his uh, marketing for him the last few years. I mean, you were talking a few minutes ago about it and it's because of that is the reason why I was able to find him. You know, you were, you were talking earlier about your audience and how you've worked with some people in the wrestling field and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This is more like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon type of thing. Um, I actually used to watch a lot of wrestling when I was growing up. I don't so much anymore, but it's more just because I don't watch TV in general. I got you. I am a massive football fan and I'm a Niners fan on top of it. Okay. And our tight end totally ripped off a piece of marketing from The Rock. And he <laughs> called himself the people's tight end. <laughs> <laughs> And he created a whole campaign about how about how the people's tight end created National Tight Ends Day. And now they have an actual sanctioned national holiday called National Tight Ends Day, all because of a campaign that George Kittle made off of a wrestling thing from The Rock from 20 years ago. Wow. That's insane. That's uh, but I mean, it works. You know, I mean, you find those little things and it works. One thing I've noticed, my favorite side of uh my whole process, besides the talking to all the guests, I love the marketing side of what I do. Uh, being able to advertise and get the word out there about every episode that I have going on and creating new ways to bring, to advertise for it. That's my my favorite part of uh, doing this whole show. And I, I feel that I've found a lot of people just through doing that and stuff. And um, I've, you know, I started out just on Facebook. Well, now I have almost mm-hmm. every social media that I can to advertise for my show, you know? And when I started out, I was getting, I think my first month, I got 55 downloads uh, for the entire month. And this last month, I think I got over 2000 downloads for, for that month, you know? And so it, and it's because I've been able right, to man. broaden awesome. and, you know, broaden my horizons and be able to get out there more. That's awesome, man. Congrats. That's really good. Well, thank you. And how how have you managed that growth so far? Is it all like organic, just word of mouth? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't used any, uh, I think. So when I first started, I tried doing like a ad campaign on Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't really get any growth from that. And mostly what it's been is just me interacting with people on social media and, uh, you know, networking. Uh, has been a big reason why I've been able to get so many people on to listen. And then with having the different types of guests that I do, they bring in their own type of listener as well. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just I, I asked because this is actually an area of, of advertising that it's rapidly growing. And I actually have a, a gentleman that I work with in a di different aspect. He also has a podcast. Mm -hmm. But the way that we're growing it is is not through ads or anything like that. What we're actually doing is we're taking pieces of his content from his podcast yeah. and we're creating piece, like micro content on it. Right. And then we're pushing all the micro content to TikTok. And then yeah. we're leveraging all the hashtags through TikTok because that's how people are finding stuff like like Facebook and all that stuff that you're used to. Like everything that people that grew up with Facebook is used to is all based off of social uh, social graph. Right. Like who right. you're connected to, um, who stuff you listen to, who stuff you don't, all that mm -hmm. versus TikTok is more based off of a social graph. Right. I'm sorry, not a social graph, a content graph. OK, yeah, it's more based off content. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got streams of content that are all peaking and valleying together, then it's a great way to get content out without having to pay a bunch of money and do do risk with ads. Right. Um, and then leverage the audience that's quickly, quickly growing. Like yes. everybody's everybody assumes that TikTok is is all a bunch of young kids still. It's not. But I've been in I've been in the marketing game long enough to realize that what was what what's happening with TikTok right now mm -hmm. actually already happened with Facebook and Instagram it, yes. just with Facebook and Instagram it happened a decade ago mm -hmm. and yeah. the people that were able to leverage what was going on with those platforms and get it right back then at the same juncture as it's happening for TikTok right now mm -hmm. they did very very well and, and I, I was actually just looking I was in a class the other day that there's over 35 million men and women that are above 35 that use the platform on a daily basis. I believe it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm 34 myself and I know just about everybody I know uses it. You know, that's about the same age as me. Um, I know recently they had a thing come on there to where you could uh, see who all your friends on Facebook are that are on there and good Lord, there's a whole <laughs> yeah, bunch of them. That. So <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. That is my next step, I think. I, I've talked about it before, is I want to transition because right now this is just an audio podcast. And I would like to transition mm -hmm. it to being a video podcast. That way I can put more content out on TikTok and things like that. Because right now, a lot of the stuff I have on there is just me goofing off. You know, it's nothing to do with the podcast exactly. Yeah. And I want to be able to bring in that side of it because I know that they're I know of at least two podcasts that I listen to now because of TikTok. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's like Google has already changed its algorithm because it back about three or four months ago, it lost traffic to TikTok. Mm -hmm. TikTok became the number one traffic website in the world. It like yeah. kicked Google off of its 10 year perch or whatever it's been. Oh wow. Um yeah, yeah, this happened a few months back. And so Google changed its algorithm because what was happening is people were actually going to TikTok and using its search function. Mm -hmm. And because it's all content driven and it's got a smarter algorithm, at least in my opinion, than some of the other stuff out there. Right. Um, between the smarter algorithm and the content driven type of way that it works, mm -hmm. people were starting to find more relevant solutions to their problems versus just going to Google and looking at a website. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know this happened. To, so this happened a few months ago. Um, I think mm -hmm. TikTok went down for like an hour or something like that. And I was actually on yep. my Twitter and it was trending on Twitter that TikTok was down and everybody was just jumping over because it was down. And, you know, at that point, I kind of realized I was like, that's where everybody really is at. You know, um, the, the short form videos are... Um, making things a lot bigger. I actually have a friend. Uh, I've had him on the show twice. He is a uh, mm -hmm. human and animal chiropractor. And he actually has a verified account on Instagram now. And he has made it huge. He has millions of followers on TikTok, And it was because he started putting little videos out there about when he adjusted a horse or, you know, he adjusted somebody's dog or something like that. And he's gotten millions and millions of followers and he's been able to, they did a documentary about him in Germany and uh, they took him, he went over to um, Africa this past year and was teaching people how to adjust certain animals over there as well. And it was all started because of a TikTok video that he just put out there for fun. 
That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing about it too, is that, um, like I, I have, I have most of my clients at this point on TikTok mm-hmm. in one way, shape or form. Um, but you mentioned TikTok being down. Part of the reason why I brought everybody over to TikTok is because of the volatility of the other platforms. Right. Between what's going on with Twitter. We all know what's going on with Twitter and Elon and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, it's that like advertising on that platform is like trying to light your money, money on fire. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram. So advertising on those platforms, you do it from the same interface, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. for those that haven't done it before. People are getting banned left, right and sideways for the smallest of things. Uh, Yeah. And they even, yeah, they even have an issue with their two factor authentication. So if you don't have a, if you don't have your two factor authentication set up, and you don't have a third party app, you yep. you're you're running a risk of being locked out because there's an issue right now where if you log out and you're and you don't have that third party app, mm-hmm. then it's not going to send you a text message anymore. So you're never going to be able to get back in the platform. Oh, no, that that's not good. I, I actually I, I know somebody who lost like they had thousands of followers on their Instagram account. And they got locked out of theirs and had to create a whole new one because even like their um, the customer service never reached back out to them, even when they emailed them. Well, it's what what's happened is that it, the, it grew too big. And so the left hand really doesn't know what the right hand's doing right now. Right. Because uh, we we spend six figures on face or we used to at least spend six figures on Facebook ads. So we have a dedicated rep. Right. Mm-hmm. And the rep told me on no uncertain terms, she's like, look, I can't escalate this any further. Yeah, uh, I'm lucky I have a team under me that we can still access everything that we need, because if it was just me, I'd be. Yeah. But she told me she was like, look, there's no escalation because we with the that part of the, the code mm-hmm. is third party out. So I don't even know who to send you to mm-hmm. and where you would go. Wow. I have that in an email from a representative at Facebook. <laughs> wow. That's uh, well, like you said, the right hand, not doing what the left hand's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we all have to realize is that like when we're trying to grow our businesses and we're trying to have an impact on the world, whatever our message is for, for everybody out there. Right. Um, uh-huh. Is that, if you don't own the platform, then you're, then you have to play by their rules. And I'm at the point where, with the business and with, with a lot of the goals and all that stuff where it's like, Hey, look, I can either, I can either worry about what one platform is doing or leverage what's going on in the marketplace in the world and think about the way that I grow my business on, on a holistic level. So Number one, don't be platform dependent. I'm bullish on TikTok right now, but that's just because that's what's working. Right. You can do the same stuff with Facebook and Instagram as you can do with TikTok, as you can do with Google and Yahoo, or not Yahoo, but YouTube. Uh Just where the buttons are and where the levers are are different. Yeah. I mean, I'm the YouTube side of it. I So I do have stuff out there on YouTube. But it's it's I'm still trying to learn how to navigate that side of it. And I haven't figured it out completely. Whereas with, you know, <laughs> Facebook or Instagram, like you said, I know those. I I've had a Facebook account since 2006 when, you know, they first opened. So obviously I'm going to understand how to work that a little better. The YouTube side of it is still kind of a mystery to me and uh, trying to navigate that. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying whenever you say that, the, you know, they all can do the same thing for you, but it's just the levers are in a different spot. And I'm still trying to find the levers. Yeah, yeah. And really, when it comes to that, there's two options. Um, You can do what I did and just figure it out. Right. Because <laughs> that's that's really uh, a lot of a lot of the stuff that has helped me get through the rough times, because like starting start the way that I did, I don't even though I'm grateful for every piece of, of, I don't want to call it struggle, even though it was, uh-huh. I just don't want to put a negative connotation on it. Right. I'm, I'm grateful for those experiences because it's made me a better father. It's made me a better man. Yeah. It's made me a better business person. Um, but I wouldn't wish them on anybody. Right. Right. 
right? So you can you can go you can do that route. Um, but there's there's so much out there. Like I've got to credit a lot of what we learned over the past year and a half as a as a company um, to some of the coaches that are out there. Mm-hmm. Like part of the reason why I work with coaches like Phil is because by help by me helping them reach more of the people that they're trying to reach, mm-hmm. I'm helping solve a bigger problem. Right. Right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you are being able to not just help out with uh, those little things, but like even with um, Phil, you know, you're able to help him get the word out there on what he's doing as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I've done that. I, I do that with a lot of different types of coaches. Like, I've got spiritual based coaches. I even have somebody on the opposite side of the fences, Phil, where she actually coaches people through a high conflict divorce. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing too, is that um, like we have, we have a system where, where I I talk to somewhere between 20 to 30 different coaches every single week. It just Mm -hmm. happens because of the technology that we've implemented at this point. Um, And I can talk to, let's say, 15 different relationship-based types of coaches. I'm going to get 15 different angles on how their program works and who it's for. Right. So the happy accident, even though COVID obviously definitely changed and changed a lot of rules and changed for a lot of people, it was kind of good for, for where we were. Yeah. In a way. Well, and I know you said that the Mayhem Digital Media actually blossomed out of covid yeah yeah so because we were in the solar industry before like we had like everything that we did it was lather rinse repeat Uh all the client had to do was purchase the program that we had and i could have something live in less than two hours oh wow okay yeah it was it was really really lather rinse repeat and we were doing like 30 40 case we we had a 40k month a couple times when we were doing it that way but when covid hit about half of our clients called us two days into it two or three days into it and said we need to pause our campaigns oh okay because i mean like the, the the logic was they couldn't get into the homes right okay all right. And Phil and I had actually started working together, uh, ironically, like two or three months before that. Uh huh. So that so literally I, I had a decision to make because I saw this multiple six figure business that I had spent the past year and a half, two years, two and a half years actually building. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything was systematized. Like I didn't need to worry like everything. All I had to do was talk to my clients and talk to the people that came through the funnel. That's it. Everything else took care of itself. Wow. Well, so and- I, I had to either, either try to save every single solar company that came through our doors and wanted to cancel. Mm-hmm. Or I could take the success that Phil and I were having and parlay that into, um, into helping other coaches. Right. And I, I know solar is good for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, when you actually get into the industry, it's, it's, it's just like everything else. It's all about money. It's very transactional. Yes. Whereas Phil, when, when we started, when things really started to take off with Phil and I, he would send me text messages of the people and the men that he was helping because his program works. I, I mean, I, I, I've never actually been through the program myself because yeah. thank God, I don't know how, but my wife puts up with my, shit, no other. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> On my part. <laughs> Like I said, her words were, you better know what the f*** you're doing. And I just, I'm lucky that I did. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I do kind of want to get into this. Uh, I know that uh, your company actually provides uh, many different services when it comes to your marketing side. What are some of those services that you provide? Uh, right now, we're we're big into, we're big into TikTok ads. Uh-huh. Um, but... If it has to do with driving traffic and generating leads, and if you have a high ticket service, we can probably find a funnel or are running a particular type of strategy that can help you sell the thing that you're trying to sell. Okay. Um, 
the the caveats are number one it has to be something that that's high ticket and by high ticket what i mean is that it typically speaking needs to be at least a thousand to fifteen hundred and it needs to be something where either you or a team that's under you can fill a calendar is how it works best to start i got you the reason that i say it that way is because everybody wants to sell one million ninety nine dollar things right yes that has a a time and a place yeah meaning when you already have an audience when you've already built authority and you already know that there is an element of your bigger solution Mm -hmm. that can provide at least partial relief for the problem so right so like for example the people that I work with, generally speaking, they've got a good service, but they need more people to come and, and ask for their service, right? Right. There's many different elements of how I help my clients do that. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I do is that I sell a $39 blueprint on how to create the audiences once you've defined who you want to sell your product to. Okay. Right? But I didn't have that. When I first started. So what I had to do is I had to literally get on the phone and create a feedback loop with my with my audience. And I had mm-hmm. to ask them what are their problems they are having? What did they try to solve it? What were they looking for that they didn't have before? Right. Mm-hmm. And in the process, in the process of finding that information out, I worked with them one on one at a high level to create a high ticket program. Yeah. What that did is that gave me the capital that I needed to test out other smaller things that would create income on an automated fashion. Okay. What everybody does is they try to build this $99 thing that they think that they can sell to a hundred million people. And then when it costs them $79 to sell it at the front end, cause they don't have an audience, they think that marketing doesn't work. Right. Yeah. When in all actuality, if you go out and you build the audience in the process of selling a high ticket service and then build client testimonials and social proof through high quality work, doing one-on-one and selling at a high ticket. Mm -hmm. You're setting up the foundation that you need to sell those low ticket items down the road, but you have to do the work beforehand to get there to find out what's going to work and what's not. Yeah. But you can't, you can't say that on a sales call because nobody buys that. (laughs) What it sounds like to me is that you have put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into doing this. And it seems like it takes a lot. Like you said, uh, uh, you were doing the cold calls for a while and you know, you were, then you stayed up all night to come up with a plan to where you wouldn't have to do that. You have put a lot of personal time and effort into doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's that thing they say about 10,000 hours or something like that? You don't master a trade or something Right. Have you heard that before? I've heard. I think I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm totally butchering that statement, but I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try to do it. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's you know uh, along the same lines of you know Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, you know, it's something but that you, know, you built over time. So. Yeah, and and I think I think there's no there's there's no replacement for. A little bit of discipline and, um, you know, not not being afraid to fail like that. I think that's the bigger skill than than anybody can learn in life. Right. Like my I, I'm, I'm astounded, you know, because I have a son and he's eight and he he actually just got his he just passed his yellow belt test in his kung fu. Uh-huh. When that kid wants to, if if my if my wild animal of a kid can muster up. The kind of discipline he shows when he's on the kung fu mat, <laughs> um, then then I think that anybody that that really because but he like here here's the thing is he wants it right he right. wants to be in that kung fu room. yeah he wants to like learn all that stuff like so yes. number one you have to want it number two you have to you have to be disciplined like my eight year old son is mm-hmm. uh, and number three is that you have to put in the work and you have to be be able to afraid not afraid to fail I know that sounds so cliche but there's there's no failure there's only learning it right. worked or it didn't yep yeah no that that makes right? that makes total sense yeah and I mean I, I I make more money now than I did when I was working a nine to five mm-hmm. I 
don't necessarily that that problem with authority doesn't follow me because I don't have one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in charge. (laughs) Um and and now that now that I've systematized it, um and I focus specifically on the things that I'm good at, right? So yeah, I'm good at building relationships. I'm good at talking to somebody that I've never had a that I've never actually met. Right. Um, but the only reason that I'm even good at that is because of all that time when I got out of the Air Force when I was at that Inc. Five Thousand company. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was almost like it was practice. Sp- yeah, all that time that I spent coming home to my wife saying, "Oh my God, I'm in over my head. I don't know what I'm gonna do." Mm-hmm. Prepared me. For what I did six years later when I built the business, yeah. I just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. So what would you say is probably your, your most favorite part of what you do? Uh, that's a good question. That is a good question. I mean, I should ask you the same, the same thing about, well, I mean, I guess you already did answer that. And so in so many words, Jared, yeah. <laughs> um the my my favorite part I would say is when uh, my favorite part is this is that when my clients start sending me testimonials mm-hmm. of the people they started working with. Like Phil Phil sends me sends me some guys because we use it in his marketing. Mm-hmm. But honestly, when it when it happens with the clients. I get, I've got one of two types of clients, right? I got the types of clients that send me the first and every, and or every one that they ever generate. Yes. Like the first client they ever get. Mm -hmm. And then I have the ones that don't want to tell me because they're doing too well. (laughs) That's, I mean, in a way that's a compliment in a way to you, if your marketing is doing that well for them. Yeah. I, I did a I did a lady's uh, thirty day review the other day, and I said, "How much did you do?" And she said, "She have you ever seen get gotten that look from somebody when they do that side eye like, like they look around like I hope nobody's listening to what I'm about to say." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, she, and we did that. <laughs> she did that, and she said forty two. <laughs> and I said, "As in forty two k?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, congratulations, that because that was double what she did the previous month. That's awesome. So that's that's my favorite part because um like I said, I, I, I didn't grow up with a whole lot and and when uh when my wife and I got married, we didn't really have anything except for that five hundred and fifty foot square foot apartment that we Oof. almost kill each other in. <laughs> <laughs> So to go from that to to where we're at, it's it's been a journey, and like I said, I'm grateful for it. That's awesome, man. Uh, it, it seems like you have come a long ways, and uh, you know, and all the success that you're getting and everything. It seems like you have worked hard for it, and you deserve that. So, what do you like to do, maybe in your off time, to uh, kind of relax? Oh, uh, you know, I, I guess that's going to depend on on where I'm at there, you know, and and uh, what's going on in the week, but. There's a few staples. I, I've actually been playing music since I was a kid. Okay. Um, but in the past year and a half, uh, I've actually been getting back into my guitar more. Um, oh. I don't know about you, but there's something about just live music that does something for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very much a music person myself. I grew up around it. I play a couple instruments. Um, I find playing music very therapeutic. What do you what do you play? Um, I play. So I play the piano. I play the guitar, um, the bass guitar, um, the drums, uh, the French horn and the saxophone and a few others. Oh, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> You're being modest, man. How did you how do you get your hands on that many instruments? Um, growing up in a household where music was a big part. I mean, I woke up every morning to my dad having the radio on, you know, almost full blast every morning. You know, my parents would walk around singing. Uh, I actually grew up in a, uh, my dad's a pastor of a church. So I grew up around a lot of music and I grew up around a lot of musical instruments. And I actually didn't 
realize I, I played the drums at first. That's all I did. And then when I got in a sixth grade, um, it was time to try out for band. And I wanted to do that. And at first I didn't think I could, but I had a music director or a band director who, uh, you know, had a, uh, he believed in me and gave me a shot. And I uh, started playing the French horn and seeing that it was it almost like, okay, if I can do that, then I can do this. And so I started taking piano lessons and then I was like, okay, well, our church doesn't have a bass guitar player and we have somebody that can play the drums. So how about I try playing the bass guitar? Okay, cool. Um, bass guitar, a regular six string guitar. The first four strings on the guitar is the same as the bass, just on a higher octave, you know? So, and then I started playing that, uh, saxophone. My aunt gave me a saxophone and I just, a lot of what I've done, I've learned off of playing by ear mostly. So I don't even know if I'm playing it right half the time, but I know it sounds right. <laughs> See, I'm I'm actually the opposite. I don't have that gift. Um, my dad does, though. Okay. My dad does, and that's that's what got me started. And um, I I'm I don't know if you've ever seen me, but I'm only about five six and buck fifty on a good day. I'm not a big guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, um. <laughs> um but at a certain point i realized that i wasn't gonna get the girls by being a star athlete and my dad played guitar and i was like hey dad teach me how to play the guitar and so that's <laughs> that's how that went down it, it um, comes back to the girls yes man. you're right live oh yeah yeah um i don't know what what type of music do you listen to man i listen to everything i i listen my my favorite is probably metal i'm a big metal head um, but oh, nice. I, I also love, you know, I can listen to anything from, um, Meshuggah to Luciano Pavarotti. Um, I, or I oh, can wow. even do yeah. country music too, you know, or pretty much whatever. So do you know, you know who Unwritten Law is? No, I don't. Who is that? It's a, they're a punk band out of SoCal. Okay. Um, I, I just asked you, you can actually, uh, cause you said you're, you're 34. You said? Yes. Yes. You so I'm I'm 36 and this band actually they had a few songs on the radio. They weren't the biggest thing in the world, but if you YouTube Unwritten Law band, okay. I'm sure you can find a song that you would recognize from our our generation. I will have to look um, them up. I'm writing that down right now. Yeah, so the the reason I asked is because my wife and I, the reason that we're even together in the first place is because we, we were, took a class together in college uh -huh. and we had to go on a big ass bus ride and we started get, we, we got into a conversation. It turns, we had, we, it, we, the conversation turned to music. Her dad uh -huh. produced Unwritten Law's actual first studio album, which is oh, the wow. album that got them the major record label that got them on the radio and all that stuff. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah, he still has a he still has a recording studio in El Cajon, but he he partied a little bit too much during those days, and he's not too he's not all there anymore. Ah, I got you. <laughs> he's still a super cool guy, but you know he's just kind of kind of an old guy. But, but yeah, him and I uh, the first time that I that I'm I hung out with my wife in San Diego, she's like, "Let me take you to the studio," and they showed me around and all that stuff. So that's cool. You know, I've actually yeah. thought about maybe using my podcast equipment too because i've wrote some songs and stuff on the guitar and i've thought about maybe doing something with that but you know i i don't know it's been a while since i've tried to actually uh write a song or anything like that so i don't know uh, we'll see when maybe one day i'll do something with it yeah yeah um i i at least want to get a little bit better than where i'm at right now uh-huh but it's 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 been more of a hobby than it's been one of those things that because I, I can play the piano a little bit too okay guitar piano a little bit of a little bit a little bit of drums uh-huh um and then you know everybody can play the recorder <laughs> yeah well i mean you know they they make sure and teach everybody that i the other day i got home and I guess my son got bored because they're not learning the recorder anymore. In fact, next year he's going to be in sixth grade and he'll be playing in band. Um, I've got the meeting to go to at the end of the month to get him sized for an instrument and stuff. I think he's going to want to play the trumpet. Um, 
which I have one of those. So that works out good. He doesn't have to buy one of those expensive ones at school. Cause I already have one for him, but, um, he was in his room and I heard something coming from his room the other day. And I guess he got bored and he pulled out his recorder and just started playing it. <laughs> I'm just like, what is that? Racket? I'll be interested to see if they... <laughs> hot cross buns yeah. or whatever it was, three blind mice. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't that pretty much the same song? Well, I, I don't, I don't remember what it was, what they, what they called it when we were kids. Oh, I know. It, yeah. yeah it's, it is so what kind of music do you actually uh like um i'm i'm very similar to you it's i don't like country music but that's about the only genre that i don't like right now i'm into a lot of um like post-hardcore type of music um i'm i'm pretty big into punk i actually my wife and i actually just went to a social distortion concert okay yeah wow yeah, like two days ago, actually. Uh, but I mean, I I, pl- I can play anything from like a Led Zeppelin song because I I grew up on, on like a lot of old school rock like Led Zeppelin and you know um, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Well, that wasn't old school, but you know, <laughs> it is nowadays. Um, huh? It's considered old school nowadays. I know. I heard a I heard a Green Day song on mm-hmm. an oldie station the other day. Yeah, that that makes me feel very old, and you know I'm not old. I'm yeah. only 34, so we're still young. <laughs> you and I both are still young. We shouldn't be hearing our music I on know. the oldie stations. <laughs> uh, one thing that you said a little bit ago is um, you actually do work with your wife. How is that? Uh, do do you uh, do you interact quite a bit? Does that uh, work out good for you? I- you know, I, I actually get that question a lot. Uh-huh. You'd be surprised. And the here the thing the thing is, Jared, is that my wife and I actually don't really know much different, to be honest. Yeah. So I told you, like I like I told you earlier, the um the way that we ended up even talking in the first place is because of this long bus ride that we took to a place called Happy Camp. I you not, Happy it camp. literally said Happy Camp. So here's what <laughs> happened. I leave the Air Force. I come back to California. I moved to a place about an hour south of the Oregon border called Arcata, California. It's in Humboldt County. Okay. Um, that college was the college that told me I needed to be an accountant. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, after this lady finally got done telling me that I, I needed to be a marketing major or whatever it was, mm-hmm. she hands me this paper and I go and I get all my classes. My current wife is the person that actually gave me the classes that I took. Oh wow! Okay. I didn't. I didn't know it at the time. Now, what ended up happening was she talked me into this class called Leadership Two Hundred and Fifty, and she was like, "Hey, if you take this leadership class, not only will you get credit for college, but um, you'll actually have a job that you can do during the summer." Because I was done with the Air Force by that point, and I st- I, I did. Uh, I had to go to to like two years of one weekend a month uh-huh. at the end of my term, if that makes uh-huh. sense. Yeah. Um, And so I was like, I would have time to do this other job. And I was like, oh, okay, so that sounds good. That's when we technically met. We just didn't realize it. So her and I started dating and we ended up working together pretty quickly after we started dating mm-hmm. because of this job. Now, when we moved to San Diego in 09, um she was actually working at a victoria's secret she was a manager there that's uh-huh. why we moved to san diego in the first place is because she um she we were down here i can't remember what it was was it like a family event or something like that she's from san diego okay um we were down here and she went shopping she showed her employee card and the lady that was running the the victoria's secret down here said hey do you want to be would you consider relocating down here if you mm-hmm. became a manager and the original plan, because I was still in school, was to come down to San Diego. I would transfer from Humboldt State to San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I would get a part-time job, and then we'd figure shit out from there. Seems like the it worked out. That's when the marketing company called me. We were down <laughs> here a grand total of two weeks. I wow. told her, I said, honey, if you ever decide to leave San Diego again, you're leaving without me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So that's that's what um, that very same day that I said that to her, I got the job or I got a call saying, hey, can you come in for this job at this Inc. 5000 company that does market real estate marketing? Mm-hmm. Everything else is kind of history. Wow. Now, that job, she was working nights. I was working days. We never saw each other. Mm-hmm. I told her, I said, hey, you realize that 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 retail is just customer service and, and this Inc. 5000 company, they have a customer service department. And so she came over from Victoria's Secret to this company that I worked at, where I where I had become the number one sales rep. Wow! Six months later, yeah, six months later, she Uh was the manager of that customer service department. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So, so people ask me that, like, oh my god, how do you work with your spouse? And like, if if my spouse and I worked here, da da da, I I get that a lot. Uh And the answer is, is it it's always the way that it's been. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know it any other way. Yeah. So, so she had to, so, so when I quit that job, like I said, my son was two. Mm-hmm. She was working part-time at this data entry job that she didn't really need, but thank God that she was. Um, Because like I said, we had about $2,500 in the bank. So I had to make something happen fast. Right. And so once that once that whole train started going and, and we were we were good again with money, it was easy for me to say, hey, stop doing the data entry, come over and help me with the clients, help me with the workflow, help me with the operations, help me with the stuff that I'm not good at. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it, it like you said, it it seemed to have worked out, you know, for the best. Uh, and you don't know it any other way. So, you know, and I'm a big um, supporter of it, of the saying, if it isn't broke, don't try to fix it. No, no. Spend that, spend that energy somewhere else, man. Exactly. So I just have a few more questions for you before I get you off of here. And this is one that kind of going back into the, uh, the business itself. What is one of the biggest mistakes that you see in new businesses when it comes to marketing? Oh, uh, it's a fantastic question. Um, there's, it, it's really twofold. Okay. Um, it's either not thinking about the problem on a deep enough level from a wide enough perspective. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is that, um, whenever you're building something out and whenever you're, especially like if you're, if you're trying to bring a product or something that you're creating to the market and it's never been heard of it before, mm-hmm. you have to realize that there's only 3% of any given market that is in a position to be market aware, problem aware, mm-hmm. solution aware, and in a position to purchase your solution to that problem. Oh, that that's a very small amount. Very small amount. That's why so many small businesses fail. They, they don't fail because of a, like, if you think about that statistic, how 95% of small businesses fail in the first year, uh-huh. it's, it's not because they don't have a good product or a good service. It's usually because they don't have enough people and enough demand for that service. Yeah. And if you think about it, all marketing is, is an amplification of attention. Yes. How you speak to the rest of that 97% of the market and how you address the different modalities Mm -hmm. and how they come to you is going to be how you go from that 3% tiny portion of that market that you still have to convince to buy your stuff because they don't know you Yeah. to 5%, to 7%, to 10%, and so on and so forth. Right. Okay. Huh. Um, so, so that's, that's the first problem. And what it does is it leads to, to a different problem. And that problem is, is thinking that you can get through with just 10 new customers or just 20 new customers or something like that. And you'll close 20 or 30%. You're always going to need more people interested in your product or or service than you ever think that you possibly, than, than, than you ever could estimate for always. Because right when you think you're good, you're going to run out of prospects and you're going to be like, oh, what do you what do what do I do from here? Right. Okay. And then you're right back on that hamster wheel. You're scrambling for your next lead, your next appointment, your next client. 
your next paycheck, whatever. And then at that point, you might as well go get a job. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that having a job is like bad because I had a job for a long time. Right. And thank God I did, because otherwise I would have gotten a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, the, the people that do what I do. They, they didn't leave their job just to give themselves one. Right. Don't put your like the if you if you can avoid those two mistakes, then you'll put yourself in a position to never have to feel like you're not succeeding at what you're trying to do. All right. Yeah, man, I love that. Um, so if people want to follow you online or they want to follow your company and try to get more information on that, how can they do that? So you can always find us on the web at mayhemdigitalmedia.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be adding a lot more content to it. There's going to be some changes to the website. Um, we were just so busy in Q4 of last year that I didn't think about what I wanted to do until now. So there's okay. going to be a bunch of new, new stuff coming out there. My IG is Mayhem Digital Official. So if you want to follow me on IG, then you can follow me at Mayhem Digital Official. Um, and then same thing with TikTok. Um, Facebook, I'm actually locked out of, except for on my phone. And I'm never on there anyways. You're just going to see my wife posting me, tagging me in a bunch of stuff with me and the kid. <laughs> um, so if we want to get some updates or you want to know what's going on, don't hesitate to reach out to me on either IG or TikTok. And, um, and then of course, you know, you can schedule anytime on our website, mayhemdigitalmedia.com. All right, man. And do you have any final thoughts or anything that maybe you want to say directly uh, to the listeners? Oh, well, I, I just wanted to thank you personally, Jared, for your time and your attention and, and the opportunity to speak about, you know, my journey here. And, um, you know, if you, if you, if you ever need anything or you have any questions when it comes to how to get more people to this podcast, I've got a pretty big network and a pretty big audience. I'll be more than happy to take a look at anything for you and uh, see what I can do to, to, to help you get to wherever you're trying to go on your journey as well. Okay. Man, I really do appreciate you saying that. And thank you so much for coming on to, uh, tonight. And uh, yeah, I will stay in touch with you and maybe we can get you back on here again in the future. Sounds good, Jared. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. What's up, everybody? This is the showcase Alex Royal, brand new host of when this microphone hits my mouth, you, well, you get the idea. We're going to be bringing you guys new episodes every single week, keeping the same popular style format that we had on What Can You Offer, my other podcast with John Cross. Be sure to check that one out because every once in a while you might see another special episode and you never know, John might cameo on this one every once in a while. But we're going to bring you unique perspectives on all things Oklahoma wrestling, pop culture, entertainment, podcast, and really, honestly, just anything that pops up. We're just going to have a free-for-all, have conversations, have guests, and have a grand old time. So be sure to check us out every single week. The goal is to have a new episode drop every single Friday. So you, yourself, your friends, and everybody else listening to this right here can check us out. Be sure to check back. Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Deadly Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. Have you ever wondered what the top 10 most streamed 90s songs are? Or what about the top 10 highest paid dead celebrities? Maybe the top 10 most common phobias? Hi there, I'm Nick, host of the Tennis Podcast. Every episode, me and my various sidekick hosts share trivia, fun facts, and hot takes as we try to guess each other's top tennis list. Here's a little preview. When he dresses up as a girl bunny, he drives Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam crazy with lust. Mr. Monopoly's actual legal name, Rich Uncle Pennybags. And it turns out people will just shock a guy to death if someone in a lab coat asks semi-nicely. Chickens outnumber humans more than two to one. It is the only R-rated film to gross a billion dollars. 
with over 175 episodes and counting, there's sure to be a top 10 list that tickles your weird little fancy just right. Listen to Tennis Podcasts now on any podcast app. That's 10ISH Podcast. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Wayne Ledoux. He was a lot of fun to talk with, and uh, I enjoyed having him on and bringing his knowledge with him and his expertise. And I can't wait to uh, talk with him again in the future. I think he brings a lot of interesting stuff to the table that we don't usually get on If You Give a Data podcast. So, uh, yeah, I hope that you guys really enjoyed that one. So over the next few weeks, I've got some really cool ones that are going to be coming out. I've had some really great conversations over the last few days. If you guys uh, follow me online, you would see that I said that I've had some really good conversations with some really good people, and I can't wait for you guys to hear them. Uh, Some of the people that I've had on, I had a really good conversation with Tommy Dean. I had a really good conversation with Burt Cameron, and I had a really, really good conversation uh, with Nathaniel Grayson. Those episodes will be coming out over the next few weeks. I'm not really sure the order of which they will be coming out, um, but just be on the lookout for them. Uh, they're all great guys in, in the wrestling community, and uh, I each one of them has a unique story, and we had a unique conversation that I think everyone will thoroughly enjoy hearing. Um, so yeah, just tune back in and follow me on social media so you know who will be on next. And if you do want to follow me on social media, you can do so. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Hive, I'm on uh, Snapchat and TikTok, uh, which I noticed I've started gaining a little bit more followers on my Snapchat. So hello to all of you if you follow me on there. Um, But if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can do so by looking me up, you can just Type in if you give a data podcast, or you can use the um, at on there, and it's at I Y G A D A P, which is uh, the acronym for if you give a data podcast, or as I like to say, I GADAP. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, and that's at give a data podcast. Um, you can also follow me on Hive and Twitter, those are the same, and that's at dad podcast one one. So, yeah, follow me on there. I keep everything up to date on there. You guys can just go and you'll know what's happening next. I ask questions on there. Um, if you guys want to send me an email, you can do that too. Um, I have an email, which is giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. Send me a line on there. I've gotten a few from people on there and I really like talking with them. Um, I'm actually talking with another podcast. Uh, he's a guy who listens. Um, to my episodes and I'm kind of excited to maybe do a joint episode with him here in the near future Um, so yeah be looking out for that one I will make sure and announce it on all the social media stuff like that so just stay stay tuned and you'll see all the cool stuff that's coming out I am very excited about what the future has for this show I've got some really really cool guests that are coming up that I'm nerding out about hardcore. Um, I'm not going to say anything about them until we get a little bit closer. Just to make sure that it happens. I don't want to get people's hopes up and then it not come true. But just stay tuned because they are really cool guests. It's a little bit outside of what I've had in the past. But it's going to be amazing. And uh, I'll just give you a hint. Might have something to do with anime. So... All my anime fans out there, stay tuned. I might have some cool stuff that is happening. So as you guys know, I have merch. You can find it. I have links to it just about everywhere. You can find it in my show notes. Um, You can find it on my social media pages and stuff like that. I've got some t-shirts. I'll also be having some mugs that will be coming out here soon. I know I've been telling you that they are coming. Uh... The person that I use to get those, their uh, mug press is actually down at the moment. So I'm waiting on that to get fixed before they can start getting stuff out before I announce that they will be doing that. So you should be seeing that here in the near future. Um, and I'll be posting you know, links to that and advertising it everywhere. 
I want to give a shout out to my podcast network, the OIW Podcast Network. Those guys are awesome. They uh, have been great, very welcoming, and they have all kinds of cool shows. If you like wrestling shows, there's tons that are there. They also have other types of shows as well. There's one where all they do is play retro video games. So go and check them out. They've got all kinds of good stuff on there, and that's the OIW Podcast Network. You can find it on Google. Uh, Just look it up. I will also have a link to them in my show notes, as well as a link to my guest today, all of his social media and stuff like that, to where you can follow him as well. also want to thank D-Cure for the ending theme song that I have on the show now. Um, This dude is awesome. He is just a monster when it comes to creating music. Um, He has another album that's coming out here real soon. He just had a single that came out this past week, so... Go and look up his stuff. He has all kinds of great music, and I love everything that I'm hearing from him. So I am going to bring this episode to a close. I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Bye. On. He calls us beautiful people, then tells us who we have on. The best part of my day, the world blocked out in my pods. Tell my friends all about it so that they follow along. And the host is kind of nerdy, but guess what I am as well. I don't feel so alone and I began walking out of my shell. Heard a story, I need a connection I haven't felt. I'll be looking for the next one till then farewell. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see. Closely download and tune in remotely. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see. And listen closely. Download and tune in remotely. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.